Two generations. One passion. This is Generation Red. This is episode five of Generation Red, the kettle corn of Husker fan podcasts, where we try to keep the language sweet, but sometimes things get a bit salty. I am your occasionally salty host, Ken. And I'm your slightly sweet host, Scott. (laughs) And on today's show, we are going to talk about the college football playoff. We're going to offer, well, maybe a different option to make college football better and make it more fair for the players when it comes to getting into a playoff in the future, like anybody's going to listen to us. And we're going to talk first, though, about uh, the fact that I believe Scott is podcasting from a brand new home studio. I'm actually podcasting from a mobile studio. I'm sitting in McCook, Nebraska, in my Peterbilt doing the show today. And uh, so, yeah, Scott, how did the move go? That's why we haven't recorded these last couple of weeks. Everything goes smoothly, or were there some interesting stories to tell? Um, well, the moving company uh, technically broke my desk, but it was already kind of poorly built to begin with, so I'm not even going to be mad. But <laughs> then again, I am passive and didn't really feel like <laughs> them out or anything like that, so... We just left it, but other than that, the uh, the move went smooth, and I am nice and perched up in my new little studio room here in our guest our guest bedroom of our two bedroom apartment that we just moved into. Um, I'm still getting things sorted out. I have no decorations on the wall, but I do have my Hot Wheels cars kind of strung about, and I also have 3D printed <laughs> that my friend made for me. <laughs> um, so they're just chilling on top of my speaker. Right now, there's just like an assortment. There's a pink one, a red one, a black one, a green one. And what's this one? <laughs> ah, there's like a, there's like a, like a, I don't know, like a burnt red color. So, yeah, you know, just kind of got my little, my little setup moving along here. Uh, I eventually want to hang up some, some foam kind of sound reducers, little sound squares that you can get up on Amazon. Mm-hmm. I think I want to get like the octagonal ones because i think they look cool um and i can get red so um, mm-hmm. and then i want to hang up some flags behind me so if if me and my dad here want to ever live stream or or maybe make a video uh video essence podcast uh you guys can see uh some super cool aesthetics of your typical husker uh fandom type stuff so um yeah I'm, I'm pretty i'm pretty cool with it in here and the most beautiful thing about it is that it's a room to myself it's not the living room of a right. tiny little one bedroom apartment so uh that is definitely an upgrade but yeah you are in your truck and just tell tell the audience like how do you how do you manage that exactly in the, in the most like 
you know, easy way to explain it, that is. How do I manage what? Doing the podcast? Yeah, like how do you how do you have it all set up? Do you just have like uh like <laughs> it's like <laughs> command central in here tonight. Uh actually I took a picture of it and I was gonna post it to our Twitter feed, which I didn't do yet, which by the way, if you haven't found our Twitter feed yet, we do have one. It's at genredpod twitter dot com. And uh, also the website is now live, which is genredpod.com. So make sure you go visit there. You can listen to the show right there on the web, or you can download an MP3 of it by clicking on the all episodes link. And then whatever episode you want to download the MP3 for, just click the read Yay. more link and boom, you can download it. So um, that's all live. As far as what I'm doing tonight, I'm doing exactly what I did at home. I have, well, I've got one more monitor. Actually, I've got three. I've got the laptop, which shows the... Uh, audio chat that we're on i've got the show notes or the outline that we're going to use on a 24 inch monitor that you were kind enough to give me uh that's right in front of me and then i've got my 32 inch tv that has the audio recording software going so i can see and make sure that that's all proceeding properly and uh let's see in the last two weeks i started out on this run since the last time we re we recorded i Went to Kansas, and then from Kansas went to Albuquerque, New Mexico, and then this, and I went as far east as Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania over the last two and a half weeks. So I've been everywhere. I've probably put 46, 4,700 miles on. So yeah, I know last week I talked about in the fun facts, which we'll get to toward the end of the show, we'll get to another fun facts about our tastes in music, in case you're curious and you want to stick around that long, you're more than welcome to. And um, I mentioned last week that I do my own cooking, and I found a recipe on fate or happened upon a video on Facebook, and I decided to try it. It's called Mississippi Pot Roast. Five simple ingredients, and it comes out phenomenal. It's just, of mm. course, it's done in a crock pot. I don't have a giant crock pot in the truck. I just keep a mini crock pot. So I, instead mm -hmm. of buying a chuck roast, I buy those uh, boneless country-style ribs. Oh, those are mint. Oh, dude, They've you got throw a those. a lot more flavor. You take those, you take, and it, they come in a package of like six, and I can usually only fit three in my crock pot, so I was able to make this thing twice. Um, oh, buddy. And it just threw three in there. You'd buy a package of ranch seasoning mix and a package of brown gravy mix. Now... Mm. The regular recipe calls for dumping both packages, all the whole packages in. But, you know, I've got a mini crock pot that would probably give me a heart attack from all the sodium. Um, so I just do like a teaspoon and a half or two teaspoons of each out of the package. And um, and then you get a jar of pepperoncinos or banana peppers, whichever ones you prefer. I prefer the banana peppers. You put a few of the peppers in with the meat and then you dump the juice about eight six or eight ounces of the juice out of the jar into the crock pot so basically that's what makes the gravy is the banana pepper juice along with the ranch and the oh, it, oh god tangy. dude it's tangy it's gotta be tangy but the the but it mellows out the tanginess so much as it cooks and it cooks for about eight to ten hours on low and the meat just literally falls apart um it's a little tangy but um and that's part of what makes the meat get so tender and Oh, yeah. You've definitely got to try it. It is absolutely worth it. Um, Ooh, so there you go. That's that my um, 
trucked up recipes from <laughs> from <laughs> Ken. <laughs> so uh, that's been kind of what's gone on with me. Now, what's gone on in Husker land lately has been the, uh, as we were talking earlier before we actually started recording, the quote-unquote retirement of Bill Moose and the AD search at NU. We're not going to speculate much, folks. I mean, if you listen to Husker podcasts like we do, we've heard anything and everything that's associated with Bill Moose from the fact that possibly the drinking problem may have resurfaced. I don't know. It's just, it is what it is. He was probably only going to be here for five years anyway, in my opinion. Um, but the fact that he was gone after three and a half, just, it doesn't look good. And the fact that we're still looking for an AD, you'd have figured if you're telling him to leave at the end of the fiscal year, then that means you've probably got someone to start the next fiscal year, and that's not happened yet. So we'll see. We'll see who we get. Um, obviously, there have been some names out there, like uh, Ed Stewart, the former All-American linebacker that helped Nebraska win a national championship in 94. He's been in football administration in some way, shape, or form since just a few years after graduating. Uh, he went and got his master's degree at um, Michigan State, and then he's basically either been an associate AD or an associate commissioner at the Big 12 now for about the last 12 to 15 years. So definitely qualified. Uh, Jamie Pollard, the guy from Iowa State's name, has come up. He's run a pretty doggone good program. <laughs> Who would have ever thought that you would say Iowa State and top 10 preseason ranking in the same sentence? So the man's done a good job. Uh, but who knows? Who knows who it's going to be? Do you have any any thoughts on this, Scott, or is it just kind of, eh, let's hopefully get our house in order? Yeah, I really don't care. Um, it, like, mm-hmm. happens. Um, right. Bill Moose was, like you said, he's he was a five-year kind of deal, honestly. I mean, he spoke openly that he was planning on staying here until his retirement. It was pretty straightforward about what that implied, which was, I'm retiring. Um, and I mean, I think he ran a pretty clean show here just in the sense that I did like that he gave, uh, coaches, uh, room. He didn't, you know, breathe down their throat and gave them the ability to do what they needed to do however they wanted to do it. Um, Mm -hmm. now how much room he gave them, you know, maybe like the distance from here in Montana, uh, (laughs) might possibly be how much room he gave them often. Uh, that's kind of the, once again, you know, if we're going to go down the rumor mill and maybe put on her tinfoil hat and start figuring out what was, what, what, you know, happened, uh, it's all, it's all water under the bridge at this point. He got his payout, um, just shy of three, three million buckaroonos. So, I mean, he's, he's going to be sitting pretty and. Uh, I mean, we were going to pay him that money regardless, so might as well pay right. him that money now and get the guy that we want in. And, yep, those two names that you named off, Pollard and Stewart, um, yeah, I, I guess that Pollard has already come forward and said, I'm sitting comfy here at Iowa State, and I don't blame him. He's well, everybody says a, that, even when they're being interviewed. Everybody says that. So who knows? Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, 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 yeah. But... You know, it's just uh, 
the way he sounded sounds pretty sincere. Um, and I honestly wouldn't want uh, an athletic athletic director that spoke as frankly as he did on the podcast that he was on. I and hear if you. If he were to betray mm-hmm. them, I wouldn't want a guy like that. So I hope it's not Pollard. Um, yeah, uh, you know, it's going to be whoever it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And, as you know, it does worry me. It does worry me just a little bit. Last thing we needed was destabilization in a program, mm-hmm. a football program that's just – it hasn't even – we can't even say it's on its feet yet. We don't right. even know. Um, on on the bright side, though, with Bill Moose being here, everything else has, has pretty much shown uh, signs of good. All the way down to the golf team, um, mm-hmm. you know we're we're rocking and rolling. You know, got a good bowling team, got a good volleyball team, got a good baseball team, got a good basketball team. Things are looking good. So, right. I mean, in the in the grand scheme of things, it's like okay, yeah, I I think he did an okay job. So, um, yeah, it, it's gonna be whatever it's gonna be, and I'm just gonna be curious to see who it is and then as soon as i see who it is i will go down the rabbit hole and figure (laughs) out who in the world we're getting and what kind of context it is and and see where i can where i can start to worry because that's pretty much what has been bred into me since the beginning of my husker fandom is constant worry and (laughs) and destabilized feelings of uh of of unsurety so we'll see how it goes man i don't I don't know, but I guess it doesn't yep. matter. I'm just, I'm just Scott. So <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, you know, we can lament the fact that since, uh, Bill Byrne left to go to, I think it was Texas A&M is what he left us to go to after winning championships in the nineties and whatnot, that Nebraska has not had a stable situation at AD or head football coach since. So I always thought Bill Moose was going to be that five-year bridge. He was going to be that guy that bridges us to the young kid that's going to come in or the younger guy, the more progressive thinking type of person, because, Hey, we all knew name, image, and likeness and those kinds of things were on the horizon. And it's been reported by more than a couple people that Bill Moose wasn't exactly hot on the idea of name, image, and likeness, which is why he had his associate AD, head up getting all that stuff going. So he was generally basically an absentee AD in a lot of ways. He didn't go to a lot of games, didn't, you know, the suite up there in the, the AD suite up there in PBA when the basketball team was playing was generally always dark. So he wasn't there very much. So he was kind of hands off. He said it's because he didn't like to hover over his coaches. I get that. But, you know, he also navigated us through a pandemic in such a way that, I thought was quite honorable. I think he's a good man. Um, I'm just sad that he was gone after three and a half years because I genuinely did like him. Um, so I did. I thought he was. A, anyway, I thought he was a fun guy. <laughs> yes. Good luck, Mr. Moose, in your future. Uh, Husker Nation thanks you for a job as well done as you possibly could have probably done it with the situation that you were given. So, anyway, we're pretty much done with all the. I don't know opening salvo, if you will, or opening drive of this game we call Generation Red. Let's get to talking about the college football playoff. 
All right, folks. So the college football playoff is likely going to be expanding to 12 teams. That is at least the word on the street has been confirmed that that is what they are considering in the NCAA at this moment. Um, I mean, just first thoughts is as we as I had previously stated when you and I had this conversation before Mm -hmm. that I like it. 12 teams is better than four. No matter which way you look at it, more teams getting an opportunity to get a shot at the national championship, I think is better, especially in a, in an age of marketing and uh, social media booming and whatnot. They need a way to make the football playoff more, uh, what would it be like appealing to, uh, the general population. And I think in all sorts of, in almost any sport kind of, uh, popular sport framework at this moment, there is a, a playoff type, uh, framework that is used, mm-hmm. uh, depends on how big it is. Um, and the NFL has a pretty good one, NBA, NHL, they all have their their playoff esque, you know, bracket type type uh, elimination things that all kind of funnel into uh, the final, the finals, the semifinals and the finals, and and then it it just gets more and more exciting. There there seems to be a buildup, and I am just I'm just thrilled that the NCAA is considering it. Um, I like I said, it's 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 no matter which way you look at it, it's good that we are getting more teams into into the mix, mm-hmm. um, and there's a good possibility that more money is going to be funneled into the conferences uh, that are represented in the playoff, and I I think that the recruiting aspect of it is 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 going to be a plus or minus. You know, it could be good, it could be bad. Um, I like, uh, what you wrote here, dad, um, you had that it skews less towards Alabama, Clemson, OSU, and whoever that wild card number four spot is. OU Um, generally is the, yeah. yeah. OU, um, or a second SEC team like Georgia or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, Or Notre Dame or whatever. Uh, so there are definitely some pros, uh, but like like anything there's always going to be some cons and and i just i have a few well i guess i have one major red flag um that i am concerned with and what would it what would it be it would be that if it's a 12 team playoff then that means like they've kind of already uh, uh, what was it? They've they've already kind of alluded to the fact that the top four teams would get an automatic buy, right? Um, and I don't like that. I really don't. The more I sat on it, the more I thought about it. It just really skews in favor of those top four teams anyway, as if that wasn't already an existing issue. Um, mm-hmm. and like. Like, so if we were to compare football to say basketball, um, if you, if you were to just play one extra game of football, that's like in comparison to playing the same physicality of four basketball games, let's say, Mm -hmm. um, 
It's not that basketball isn't a physical sport. It is, but you're not getting tackled. You're not getting pushed around. You're not getting thrown to the ground. You're not jumping and getting thrown in the air and and having somebody hit you at full contact. We all understand how much more physical Mm -hmm. football is than uh, pretty much any other sport besides rugby. Um, and a little bit of hockey, of course. Um, I don't mean to discredit hockey, but you know, that's, that's an entirely different beast in and of itself. Yeah, And those guys are crazy. Um, so <laughs> yes. Um, uh, and, but they're just as padded as, as, right. uh, football players. So, um, I just look at it like you're just giving, you're just giving the power to those top four teams to not only rest more, but then have beat up, bruised, and uh, battered down, uh, you know, the, the other eight teams. You know, whoever mm-hmm. goes and wins out of those eight teams, there's four of them. And then those four play the top four at that point. Well, now those top four teams are playing a less than, uh, less than pristine, say, number 12. You know, let's say the 12 seed gets through and they play the number one seed, Alabama. Well, sorry, <laughs> right. but number 12 seed is going to be already beat up from the from the slobber knocker the week before. Yep. And Bama's just going to have a beat up team that they've, you know, gotten a bye week rest for. Like it just, the power differential and the power complex of that just, it makes me go, eh, are you guys making a 12 team playoff or are you just, trying to make money while still giving the trying to make more money while still giving those top four teams their their uh their rightful place um i don't know how else to like look at it other than that um i know that you have uh more thoughts and uh everything that you have discussed with me up to this point i'm like yeah I completely agree. And uh, my only other thought about it, my only other red flag about it would be, uh, and like you agree, you can expand on this more so with your thoughts, but um, that who's to say that a group of five team even makes it into the top 12 anymore? Mm-hmm. Um, if If it's the top, 12 teams and that get into the into the college football playoff do we really ever see group of five teams or uh some random uh yeah group of five like small guy do you ever see them make it in the top 12 rankings throughout the regular season maybe of course at the beginning of the season when it doesn't matter um Mm -hmm. but then as the season moves on they slowly get pushed out so that you can have two of each of the Power Five conference teams that everybody's going to assume uh, is better. Um, yeah, that, those are kind of my concerns. Uh, maybe I maybe I didn't articulate it quite well, and I still haven't really chewed on it much because I don't really know if this is actually going to play out. Like I said, it's good. No matter what, 12 teams, better. Better than four, but... At what point is there some sort of weird power struggle that disproportionately affects the bottom half of the bracket more than any other bracket setup that we see in, in modern sports right now? I, I don't like that. So what what are, what would you say uh, 
what are what are your good thoughts on it so far? Like, what would be well, your good thoughts? As you mentioned earlier, uh, the idea of more teams getting a chance at a national championship makes sense, uh, especially in light of how many years since the four-team college football player was instituted that the number five team has spent most of the month leading up to the championship game complaining about the fact that they were more deserving of being in the title game or in the at least in the final four. So that makes sense. For me, what doesn't make sense is 12 teams. I like the idea of more teams getting in. To me, eight would have made more sense to begin with. Okay, let's add the next four in then and go there and see where that goes. Uh, 12 doesn't make sense for exactly the reason you mentioned. How subjective is it going to be that those top four teams are going to be selected as the top four? Is it going to be the same dang playoff committee that's been doing it so far? So you know the top four is always going to be Alabama, Clemson, OSU, and whoever the hell either comes out of the Big 12 or the Pac-12, whichever one they happen to like better that year. Because to me, that's that's the way things have been. It's uh, So those four teams will get the bye. So you know Alabama, mm-hmm. Clemson, and Ohio State are never going to play a first-round game. We just know this to be a fact because 90% of the time, those three teams have been in the playoff. So, uh, and then what's to say that we've heard it all. The SEC complains constantly that they don't get a second team in there. And when they did, <laughs> we ended up with an all-SEC final, which is what we put a playoff in to position for in the first place because we had an all-SEC final when LSU played Alabama back in, I believe it was 2011, and everybody bitched and whined and complained and said we need to have a playoff to stop this kind of stuff happening. So we get a playoff, and the second-place SEC team is constantly pissing and moaning that they're not allowed in the 14 playoff. So that raises a huge red flag for me when it comes to 12-team playoff. What's to say the two through six team doesn't bitch and whine now that there's a 12 team playoff and they want to exclude the group of five team because the SEC is just that much damn better. Well, great. Now we'll have six teams from the SEC and a 12 team playoff. Chances are we're going to end up with an all SEC final. Cool. What has that gained us? Absolutely nothing. But by God, it's gained the SEC a pile of money. Because we know there's always money tied to this. And ESPN has got the exclusive rights to the playoff as it is. You don't think they're going to be sitting there going, hee-haw. Because, hey, let's be honest here. The only reason this expansion was even discussed was because the SEC finally got behind it. And they're in an unholy alliance with ESPN, so ESPN is now behind it, and boom, all of a sudden everybody's talking about 12 teams. Well, you can't tell me that there's not going to be at least three to six teams from the SEC in that 12-team playoff every year. You just can't convince me otherwise. So that's my thoughts on the playoff. I like the idea of more teams. I think we just should have started at eight because that would have made more sense. Uh, yeah. Because then everybody has to play that first dang week. And the top four teams, who we know, three of them are going to be Clemson, Ohio State, and Alabama, get a week off. Granted, they've earned it based on the fact that it's a 12-team playoff. <laughs> How else are you going to play, you know, what do you do, play six games and then you have six teams left and then what? 
you know, you've almost got to give those top four teams a bye to make the system work. So it, it to me, it doesn't make a whole lot of logical sense. I would have rather seen either eight or even, hell, even 16. But then you're asking these kids to play 15, 16, some of them 17 games in a season at that point because they're obviously playing in their the conference championship game too. And that's just, thank God for name, image, and likeness. At least these kids get to make some money before they completely destroy their bodies for the sake of their school. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of where, what do you think? Do you think I'm way off on that? Or do you, do you like 12 no. better than 8? Or what would you have liked to seen it be instead of what, it is, what it's going to be? Yeah, I'm I'm more on like the progressive front of like, let's just make it 16. Let's just make it 16. 16 is a great number. We love in the NCAA March Madness, the Sweet 16 finalists. We love March Madness and how mm-hmm. it's set up. Um, the only difference or there's only one special kind of bracket that comes with the March Madness, and that is the first four, which gives the bottom of the barrel teams a a shot in the dark of even beginning even thinking of participating which creates a great incentive for things right um i don't know how they would uh, apply that to to football i don't think that they can unless they reduce the amount of games played per season to like let's say 10 games per season and mm-hmm. then maybe have a a like a, you know, I wouldn't call it a loser's bracket because they haven't even had a chance to win, but have a secondary kind of like uh runner up to, you know, the season. I don't know. That's just me thinking off the top of my head, you know, like two 16 team brackets and um or whatever out of the top out of the top 32 teams in the country, but you know, we go off of a top <laughs> 25 ranking. Um so Oh, those it, games it would, would be just hideous. Get really, <laughs> it would be so so hilariously weird but uh, yeah. no if i were to just break it back down to its basics it would be a 16 team playoff reduce the reduce the regular season games like we we've, we've expanded it to this 12 games a season over the last right. you know 3 decades um where football's been played more and more because you know money and and television and whatnot why don't we just reduce the the regular season down a game or two so that they can, you know, incentivize this whole 16-team bracket possibly? And it gets really, really difficult for a committee, whoever these people are, uh, to exclude some some Cinderella team that goes right. undefeated in a regular season, or even has one loss and but they've beat a Power Five team. You know, like it gets really hard for them to excuse uh, allowing a Group of Five team or two into the top sixteen. Um, because yes, we could do eight. You could do eight, but I'm just like that's too slow. That's too slow. Yes, you expand it by by four more nice but once again like i just like i said earlier like you it you know for a fact how much more that those votes from the committee are going to skew into power five play um so don't give them that room just make it 16 um i know for a fact i would enjoy the out of watching that kind of uh sweet 16 
beginnings of the college football playoff with one less game a season uh you know have people play eight games out of their out of their conference across you know power five everybody plays eight games in their conference and you get two you get two two out of baby games two out of conference so if you want to make that two cupcakes make it two cupcakes if you want one cupcake and an actual good game go for it but you're, you know, if you want to just do two cupcakes, you will probably get judged more harshly by the said committee, whoever they would be. Um, so it does incentivize, hey, you better play somebody out of conference. Like we saw in baseball this year with the Big Ten. We suffered a lot by not playing out of conference. I like that the, that the NCAA baseball committee, they value out of conference play. If we were to mm-hmm. add that incentive into, let's say, a, a, a college football playoff kind of committee consideration framework, mm-hmm. like, cool. Now we have some balance. We have some checks and balance that people have to be held accountable to. Um, pick and choose your battles. But that's just kind of my, like, uneducated, intuitive, I don't know shit about shit. Um, but I do know that I don't like the 12 team simply because of the power complex. Um, well, I think it it protects the top four, which we know who three of them are generally going to be every year. So it's no different. It's no different than the 14. It's no different. The only difference is they have to play an extra game to get to the title game. That's the only difference. But the other, and you know, for a fact that those, that those teams, so it, it's it's and those eight teams. The they're going to beat the, they're going to beat the crap out of each other. Those oh, eight yeah. teams because they want to claw and scratch their way to the top. And they're going to, you know, if if they would, you know, be smart, they would well, all play. And then you think about so it, so that they can. You've got five power conferences. You know, the power five conferences. So how's number five going to feel when they've got to play the twelve seed because they weren't good enough to be in the protected four? Say Oklahoma. Is that fifth seeded yeah. team? Are they going to be motivated to kick the living out of number twelve, or are they going to kind of chill and not work as hard because they feel slighted? I mean, I get it. Every team needs to motivate itself, bring their own juice. But to me, it just—I don't know. It doesn't make sense. It sounds like they're protecting their top four and they want to kind of keep the status quo, but add more teams and bring more dollar signs. So, um, I agree. So, yeah, that's pretty much, I think that's about all we can really say about the playoff. But, you know. Yeah. Well, I would say if we were to just, if if I were to just conclude my thoughts, I am still excited about it. Like, regardless of where the power complex gets distributed, I think it'll be exciting to get that Cinderella hope. Like, if they even allow it to happen. I would love to see a... You know, a Wisconsin get a shot at at making it into the finals. Um, I would love to see uh, a Washington or uh, shoot. You know, if they do allow a Group of Five, I would love to see a, a a good Group of Five team get their shot at number five, number six, whoever it is that they need to beat in order to get into the final, the finals, the semifinals, and the finals, like. I am actually stoked about that. Regardless of how what I'm worried about, my overall feeling is I'm still excited about it. Let's see how it plays out. 
And if there's some some fishy kind of weirdness going on, then let's just all raise hell on Twitter, I guess, because that's what <laughs> that's what people do these days. So, yeah, um, yeah, it's yeah. I, that's just my well, that's my concluding thoughts. Interesting, you know, with a lot of the the coaching changes that have happened this last year, uh, with Josh Heupel is now at Tennessee, the guy that took over for Scott Frost at UCF. And uh, Gus Malzahn from Auburn is now at UCF. How fun would that be if UCF happened to make the 12-team playoffs sometime in the next <laughs> four or five years and Nebraska gets there too? And, you know, of course, because Frost is still our coach, we hope. But that would be kind of cool, you know? Yeah, what would, it, what would you do if you were in charge, though? Yeah, I, uh, yeah I'm just... I'm just a truck driver from central Nebraska, but even I can see where I struggle with the power structure and that's, and, and it's not, it's not meritorious. The fact that a committee of guys sitting around a conference table, smoking scars and drinking expensive booze gets to decide who those top 12 teams are every week once they start releasing the playoff rankings. And that bugs me. It's subjective. It's not earned on the field. Yeah. They say, well, we're watching all these teams and we're deciding who's good and who's not. And it's like, yeah, but you're still deciding. And it, I know it's based on performance, but it's based on your interpretation of the performance. And that really, truly bothers me. So if I were to be in charge, if we were to, if the NCAA were to just suddenly say, hey, truck driver from central Nebraska, come in here and run the show if you think you can do it better, <laughs> I would walk in the office and I'd blow up the conferences. That'd be the first thing I would do. Uh, there'd be a whole lot of people making a whole lot of money in, in conference no offices conference suddenly either. unemployed uh, because you've got 14-team conferences, you've got 16-team conferences, you've got 10-team conferences, you've got 11-team conferences. It's like there's no uniformity. There's no rhyme or reason. It's just It's just kind of hodgepodge. I mean – West Virginia's in the freaking Big 12, for God's sakes, and Rutgers is in the Big 10. (laughs) In what kind of f***ing world does that make any sense? (laughs) So. (laughs) So. (laughs) And Colorado's in the Pac-12. Yeah. (laughs) Well, most people in the Pac-12 are high as f*** anyway, so they fit in pretty well. (laughs) (laughs) But what I would do is I'd... I would reorganize college football into eight 12-team geographical regions, which means that Division I football gets reduced by what? There's, what, 127, 128 Division I teams now? Uh, it would reduce it down to 96. So Kansas, bye-bye. You know, uh, teams like that that haven't won more than an average of three games a year in the last 10 years, they go bye-bye, which... Sad to say, I'm not sure we would qualify at that point. But you basically just play your 11 regular seasons games in your region only. I know it's boring. You don't get the, because unfortunately Nebraska and Oklahoma wouldn't be in the same region. But hey, they chose to uh, hitch their wagon to Texas way back in 1996 anyway. So screw Oklahoma. But we would be in the same region with someone like, I don't know, I haven't completely split them up yet or done anything map-wise, but I'm thinking Iowa would end up in our region. 
So that would be cool. We'd play them every year. We'd play Minnesota every year. We would play a lot of the same teams in the Big Tw- Big Ten West that we play now. We would play in this uh, 12-team region along with teams like Missouri, Kansas State, uh, Iowa State, which would be really cool to play them again. So that would – and then you win your region, you go to the 18 playoff. It's just eight regions so uh you get an 18 playoff 18 playoff right out of the gate and then you rotate which region you play every two years that way and here's the killer part four of the eight regions always have a home game in the very first round of the playoff so say nebraska wins the northwest region which is where they would be you'd have the North Pacific, South Pacific, Northwest, Southwest, Northeast, Southeast, North Atlantic, South Atlantic is the names of the regions, at least that are in my head. Say Nebraska wins Northwest and they're playing the North or the Southwest region and Oklahoma, son of a bitch, happens to win that region. Well, based on your record for the season, if Nebraska's 10 and 1 and Oklahoma's 11 and 0, Oklahoma gets to host the home game. But if they tie, if they both end up 10-1, and one, then it goes to the fairest way of choosing who the home team is that there possibly could be. And it's exactly what we do every time we go to kick off a game. It doesn't get any fairer than a coin flip. No subjectivity to it. No old man sitting in a conference room chair saying which team is more deserving to host a game. Flip a fucking coin. Go play in Lincoln, Oklahoma. Have a good time in December when you do that. So, um... That would be the way I would do it. And then the next year it would rotate. You'd play the South North. Whoever wins the Northeast would play the North or the Southwest. Excuse me. The Northwest would play the Southwest region again the next season. And uh, it would just rotate to the home team from the region that didn't host the year before. And then you'd rotate to another region the following season. Absolutely meritorious. Nobody sitting in a conference room deciding who gets to play who. And, uh, some Cinderella sneaks up, a Cinderella sneaks up, and that's why college football is awesome. Uh, college football hasn't been awesome for about 15 years now. This would make it awesome, I think. So, who knows? I'm, I might be just blowing smoke out of my ass. Uh, but I'm thinking I might do a more detailed YouTube video explaining how all of it would work. And we know how YouTube is. Heaven knows some fool could get a hold of the video and go, hey, this is actually a pretty good idea. Next thing you know, it goes viral. And hey, a trucker from central Nebraska has done changed college football. Or he's buried in a really <laughs> shallow grave in Iowa somewhere and nobody finds him again. Who knows? But uh, <laughs> that's uh, that's what I would do if I were in charge. Yeah, I would say that one last thought that I had um and I had forgot about this. Uh, I meant to write it down in her notes, and I forgot to write it down. And I remembered it as you were talking about the eight twelve team regions and ninety six teams total in the FBS. Blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. I I really love the European model of promotion and relegation um, in their soccer leagues, uh, in the sense that there are a set amount of like it's a it's basically a a power structure based it's like a pyramid almost that you have your top league and they are the they are the top dogs but at the bottom of the 
quote-unquote top dogs, they are constantly subjected to, every single year, being relegated back to a league that is less meritorious than than yeah, uh, yeah. than that one. That would work. And so, and like, because then you give, then you give at the bottom of each eight regions, at the bottom of each eight regions, the bottom team is swapped out with the top team of, let's say... FCS, the, the like team. North Dakota yes. State, somebody like that. Yes, yes. And if they can't manage to get themselves up past the bottom, one slot or two, then they just go back and you constantly are rotating out those bottom teams and giving them a shot at being better. Um, and that also, I think, would incentivize uh, recruits to actually make an impact uh at schools other mm -hmm. than the top let's say what you have the 96 uh right you have recruits that are motivated to go to the 97th or 98th team or whatever that has the ability to get into the 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 top regions um and you know that would require an entire restructuring like i mean that's pretty much what you're proposing anyway so uh a complete and total restructuring, um, but I like the idea of a of a pyramid of of merit. You know, it's like a meritocracy. Like you earn your way up, and there is no committee deciding. It's based on your on who you beat. It's based on what your record is and who you beat and who beats you. And then it's all it's all computed at the end of the season to figure out who you beat that was worth. Sh and who you didn't beat that was better and, and then it gets reallocated every single year and that would be that would be and i know it's been discussed before in multiple podcasts that i've listened to up to this point but mm -hmm. i love it i think it i think it adds an exciting incentive um for not only the fans but also the uh the teams the, the, the I like the programs. idea. I'll have to incorporate that into mine. See if we can. That would be cool. I kind of like mix that. it up a little bit. Kind of like it. So yeah. Why don't we talk about yeah. a fun factor too? Well, let's see. We know Scott likes tattoos. We know I drive a truck, and I like doing this podcast stuff and learning about it, and I like to cook in my truck, and Scott, uh, I'm having a hard time remembering what your other one was besides tattoos. Uh, I like tea. You I like, like tea. tea, so two tea things. Cool. I'm going to say let's talk about our favorite kind of music, so we'll just answer three things real quick, and that is your favorite genre of music. Who is your favorite artist, regardless if it's in that genre or not, and your best concert that you have ever seen? You go first. All right. So my favorite music genre, uh, I honestly can't pick one. There's two, um, and it really just depends on my mood. Um, so I am going to pick two. Uh, it would be metal, uh, specifically subgenre of metals would be, you know, like metalcore, deathcore, um, progressive metal type stuff, more modern kind of metals. Um, and then I also love hip hop, hip hop and rap. Um, I just absolutely love the art of it. 
Um, same thing with metal. It's just a freaking symphony of guitars and drum work that cool. so complex. It's so much to swallow. Um, it's amazing. Um, same thing with rap music. I just love the articulation of words, the metaphorical wordplay, uh, this, the syllable structures. Everything is just so perfect the way that they put it together if they do it right. Um, and to, since I picked two genres, because I'm just a rebel like that, I will pick two of my favorite parts. Then. <laughs> Somehow I knew uh, that was coming. <laughs> uh, and uh, my favorite uh, metal artist would be August Burns Red. They have always been my go-to, my go-to band for anything, honestly. Uh, good mood, bad mood angry mood happy mood uh one of their motifs is actually angry music for happy people um so i really like that uh <laughs> and then my other favorite artist has to be uh hobson um mm -hmm. i know if anybody out there is <laughs> is listening a white dude from the midwest likes hobson like go figure um I just have always, I've always had a soft spot in my heart for Hobson. I haven't listened to him as much in, in these latter years of life, but, um, he has always held a special place in my heart for being a huge influence in my, uh, in, in my love for the rap game. So, yep, Hobson and August Burns Red. If you guys, if you guys haven't listened to either one of them, uh, I would recommend listening to, uh, let's see with August Burns Red, it would be whitewashed. Whitewashed is one of the, one of my favorite songs of all times of all time by them. Um, and then with Hobson, it would be nocturnal rainbows. Nocturnal rainbows is a, is a really good song. Um, by Hobson. It was actually the first song introduced to me that got me into Hobson. Um, and it has always, always has a really good place in my heart. Um, and then my best concert I ever went to shocker, August Burns Red. Um, it, it actually have been to multiple August Burns Red concerts. I have a, I have tickets set up right now to go see August Burns Red, uh, coming up here in September, October. I can't remember. Um, I got concert tickets and VIP and everything. So, um, I've been to probably five or six August Burns Red concerts in my lifetime, and every single one of them have just been insane. Um, unfortunately, I have never seen Hobson live, so I should probably do that, but he's been on and off of a lot of hiatus, uh, type of things right now. So, if anybody here follows Hobson, they know that he's, he's, he's been kind of getting his poop in a group as of late. So, um, you know, shout out to him for, for really, really focusing on his life and, and, uh, doing what he needs to do to take care of himself. And I've just admired everything he's done up to this point, um, to do so. So thank you, Hobson. If you're listening to this, <laughs> uh, yeah, cause Hobson's listening to, uh, a, a Husker podcast, but, um, and then yeah, August Burns Red, you guys are some real dudes. So, um, yeah, dad, uh, what would be, what would be your fun facts? I know that that wasn't really that quick, but you got me, you got my music blood churned up and I just, I love it so much. I can't, I can't not talk about it. So, um, what would be yours? 
Well, uh, if you would have asked me this question 30 years ago, my favorite genre of music would have obviously been 80s uh, hard rock or what they would have called hair metal, I guess. Glam rock, all that kind of crazy shit. The stuff, the posters I put on my wall that drove my dad nuts because he thought I was worshipping dudes that dress like girls, which technically, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's kind of what they looked <laughs> like. Uh, so that's not true anymore. Um I am a country music fan, always have been. Even back in the days of listening to hard rock and all that stuff when I was a kid, I still liked country music. Uh, from probably about the late 80s on through the mid-2000s is kind of my favorite era. So that would have been, you know, the height of when Garth Brooks kind of hit the scene and he spawned others like Brad Paisley and people like that. And um, so, yeah, that's my definitely my top genre um and then of course my favorite artist would be brad paisley simply just he's he's a freaking guitar god it's not very often that a country guitarist is named as one of the top five guitarists in the world by guitar magazine so and i know you know like 12 people read guitar magazines so it probably doesn't matter all that much but that's pretty high praise guitar magazine was pretty big back in the day um, and then, uh, I hate to be repetitive, but when we got to see Brad Paisley at the state fair back in 2017, that was, I knew every word of every song. I knew, <laughs> I, I, I knew the solos almost to the, the guitar solos, almost note by note. And just that in, in the middle of the show, he comes out and he plays an acoustic for a little bit at the beginning of, of a song. And Ooh. then he autographs it and he hands it to a kid in the audience and it was just like that's, that's nice. just freaking cool because i know that's not a cheap guitar i um, wish i would have been able to go to that i didn't get to go to that i was super oh, bummed it was so good and and steve and sherry went with us and he's not a country music guy uh-huh. at all and uh we come back the next day to go to the fair because they stayed at our place then that was when we were living in the manchester house and uh we went back the next day to go to the fair and hang out and walk around. And he looked at me and he goes, you know what? That was a heck of a lot of fun last night. I, I, I'd go see him again. I'm like, really? He goes, yeah. Nice. Dude. So the dude can play guitar and his songs are funny. I'm like, yeah, exactly. So he does have a subtle humor to a lot of his songs. He's got a dry wit to him that just, I love, absolutely love. Supposedly yes. he's working on a new album. So Ooh. yeah. And that's been since 2017 since he's put one out so i'm looking forward to it um yeah yeah i was just gonna say that i i don't listen to country music at all like anymore i really don't um but when i do like i like to to do the dosa keys meme it is always brad paisley i always Mm -hmm. will have a soft spot in my heart for brad paisley and uh i i i i still love him so. Well, and I I got a kick out of some of that August Burns Red stuff that you used to listen to as well as as well as Hopson. I think he's um I'm not a rap guy in any way shape. I think the closest thing I've ever listened to that was considered rap would have been like Beastie Boys back in the day. I was going to say the Beastie Boys. <laughs> and and like and like what would have what have what would have POD been considered? Rap core? They were deal. considered new metal. New metal and new metal, yeah. Yeah, I dug yes, them just because I liked what they yeah. did. I really did. I I loved POD, um, and I do I do like some Five Finger Death Punch. 
uh, those guys, they've got that old school 80s, really heavy sound, but then they throw that, <laughs> that growly vocal in there once in a while, too, that I really dig. Yeah. America. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're good dudes. I mean, I'd love to see them live just to say I've experienced Five Finger Death Punch. And I wouldn't mind seeing somebody like Nickelback or I think even Creed's touring again. I wouldn't mind seeing them. And I'm not a 90s grunge guy at all, but those two bands I could actually tolerate. So if any of my fellow millennials are listening, they're going to laugh so hard at everything you just said. <laughs> Nickelback, Five Finger. <laughs> I really like Five Finger Death Punch and Nickelback. <laughs> like the worst two bands culture. ever, but they're most. Those are, <laughs> look at this graph. <laughs> yeah, well, what can I say? No, I love it. I love your. I love your honest. To to be honest, there are still some banger Nickelback songs and some banger Five Finger Death Punch songs that I shamefully mm. listen to still. So. I can't. The I bleeding. Can't. That's one of my favorite songs of all time by them. Love that, and I love their com- cover of "Bad Company" too. It's really good. And so if you I, ever get a chance, find yeah. it. Find a cover of "Bad Company." Oh, so good. You know what? That pretty much wraps up this show, folks. We really appreciate you listening. That's a wrap. Thank you so much for downloading the show and listening. Our download numbers keep going up. We really appreciate it. If you could do us a huge favor, and that would be to whatever app you listen to us on, leave us a rating and a review. It helps our show get noticed, as well as go to our Facebook page. If you haven't done so yet, go to facebook.com slash genredpod, like and follow the page, and then leave us a review on that page as well. It helps us get noticed. And... uh That's pretty much it. My name is Ken. He's Scott. Together, we're the Generation Red Podcast. We really appreciate all you guys. F*** Iowa. We'll talk to you next time. Go Big Red. If you'd like to contact us, you can reach us through our Facebook page at facebook.com slash genredpod or by email at genrpodcast at gmail.com. Our YouTube channel is the Generation Red Podcast podcast and you can download and listen to the audio only version of our show on all your favorite podcast applications such as itunes google stitcher spotify and many others make sure you search for us subscribe to the show and leave us a review it helps us get noticed anyway we really appreciate you listening to this episode today and until next time go big red And stay sweet and salty, Husker Nation.